0: Welcome to Little Yopod, the All Things Yosemite podcast. I'm Laura Jackson, an interpretive guide who has lived and worked in the park since 2004, and I'm here to share features and stories of Yosemite and the Sierra Nevada that I have found compelling from my time there. Earlier in the series, uh, the Little Yopod series, I sent out a call to anyone who wanted to share a Yosemite story or suggest a topic, and I have gotten a lot of responses, so I have those all listed, and they are certainly in the pipeline um, and coming soon. But one listener, she not only gave me an idea for a topic, but she went ahead and went well, well above beyond expectation and wrote an entire episode for Little Yo Pod about the history of horses in the park. And I was uh, kind of excited by this because I horses wasn't something that I would have considered having not had much experience myself with the horses in Yosemite. Um, So I was excited to have a story that someone had to share. um, And also she had a a huge passion for this topic as well. And it was so well researched and written that I decided to share it on today's episode pretty much as is. (laughs) So... Our guest author's name is Rebecca, and she and her family have been visiting Yosemite since she was just a little tiny girl, and she has some great and perhaps scary memories of the days when people could rent ponies while visiting the park. I knew about this program, but that program, it's called the Walk and Lead um, Pony Program, I guess. It ended probably for good reason, a long time before I came to Yosemite. So I was not entirely familiar with it until I read about Rebecca's experience. Now, I actually had horses growing up. Um, I was that little girl who had her own pony, which was not unusual where I grew up, which was in Tehachapi, California. But my pony's name was Sammy, and he was a lovely little creature But I knew knew how Sammy could be and how horses and other ponies could be. And while they are often very sweet, they are also often unpredictable and they scare quite easily. So I was really surprised when I learned that anyone visiting Yosemite could rent a pony and trot their children around for an afternoon. As I remember myself being bucked off of old Sammy many times as a child whenever he was feeling feisty or upset. There was one time I I remember I corralled Sammy at my neighbor's house for an afternoon. And when I hopped on him to ride home, he was so upset. I don't know why. But as soon as I mounted him, he took off and ran Full speed the entire length home with me clutching the reins and the saddle and just praying for dear life. Somehow we made it back when he got home. He calmed down and I was able to get off of him. But I don't think that I rode Sammy for quite a while after that. What I learned was that in the end, it was the pony who was in charge and not the 80 pound child that was on his back that thought she was in charge so I guess what I'm getting at is that we just never know what is going to upset an animal even the ones who we believe to be tame we make a really big deal about feeding and approaching the wildlife in Yosemite for a very good reason it's not just for their safety it's for our safety as an animal can change its mind and demeanor in the blink of an eye, and when they're upset, their only focus is survival at any cost, and sometimes that comes with the cost of a human life. Even if we don't perceive a situation as threatening, we just never know what is going on in their mind, so proper precaution and respect is always to be paid to uh, all animals, wild and tame. This week on Little Yo Pod, I'm going to share the history of horses in Yosemite as told from a person who knew them well. Well, better than I did anyway. Her story starts in Wawona, the southern area of Yosemite, in the summer of 1985. Yosemite had been the yearly vacation spot for Rebecca's family for generations, Her grandparents would tell stories of how they used to watch the firefall and what an amazing experience it was. One of uh, Rebecca's mother's fondest memories was of staying at the Wabona Hotel and going to barn dances and enjoying the Sunday barbecues down there. Rebecca says that she feels very lucky to have had the opportunity to grow up with Yosemite as part of her story and experience moments that would last her and her family a lifetime. One of her earliest memories of Yosemite had to do with an animal, but for most of her life, she didn't realize it was a Yosemite memory. In her mind, it happened in snippets. She remembers being very young, and she was riding on a pony. She remembers the pony well, very vividly with his soft brown coat and little black mane, and she was in an old Western-style saddle, and she and the pony were walking on a dirt road. Suddenly, uh, Rebecca remembers the pony spooked and ran up the side of the hill. And the hill, she remembers being full of trees and there were pine needles all over the ground. And the pony is twisting and turning in circles and very upset. And Rebecca recalls having the feeling of panic. She could feel her heart drop and her body and her mind preparing for something bad to happen. Kind of incredible that she remembers this so well. She was so frightened, she says, she remembers the feeling of tightness in her chest chest and the emptiness in her stomach as the pony was running away with her and she could feel herself bouncing all over the saddle. She recalls seeing a red stagecoach on a road that was situated slightly above her and then her memory ends. She couldn't remember anything after that. And so she always wondered if this memory was real or if she had imagined it. One day, Rebecca was going through some old photos and found an image of herself as a child, about three years old, and she was sitting on a little brown pony with a black mane and tail. Sounds like my little pony, Sammy. Her hair was in pigtails, and she was wearing yellow shorts and little slip-on shoes, which she acknowledges was probably not the most appropriate equestrian attire. And she was on a pony in front of the stables at Wawona. She showed the photo to her mom, and her mother laughed and said that that was a day that she would actually like to forget because of what happened. At that time in Yosemite in 1985, you were allowed to rent a pony for about an hour. And children typically rode on the pony while their parents led them around. Rebecca's mom explained how they were leading her on the pony named Daisy May down one of the old wagon roads near the Pioneer History Center, just as the stagecoach from the center was out giving a ride. And it turned out. Daisy Mae did not like the stagecoach and as it drove past she got spooked and she bolted and she ran up the side of the hill and then back down to the road uh, with Rebecca still on her back and Rebecca's mom said all she could see were Rebecca's little pigtails bopping up and down as the pony bolted (laughs) Daisy Mae did not end up going too far and uh, she stopped to eat some grass where Rebecca's mom was able to get her back under control Undoubtedly upset, but also grateful that her baby was not seriously injured during the incident. But while Rebecca escaped her experience physically unscathed, there have been other similar incidents when children have been thrown from the ponies when they got spooked, um, even one ending in a tragic fatality. The walk and lead pony program has since ended or been discontinued in the park and today horses and mules are limited mostly to serving as working animals. Well horses were a significant factor in the years of founding the park and the Sierra Nevada because to travel through the rocky terrain of the Sierra, settlers relied on the steady and sure-footedness of horses, mules, and other stock to carry people and supplies and stagecoaches. In the late 1800s, the, the largest stop on the way to Yosemite Valley was actually Wawona. Today, Wawona sits off of Highway 41, not far after you enter the park's southern entrance gate. And it's home to the Wawona Hotel, a fabulous Victorian-style building, just gorgeous. And uh, it's also a National Historic Landmark. It was built in 1876, and adjacent to the Wawona Hotel is the Pioneer History Center. To get to the History Center from the hotel, you get to cross through the Wabona Covered Bridge that was built in 1857. The Wabona Covered Bridge is one of the oldest structures in the park. It's one of only a few covered bridges in California. In California, I believe it was um, built by, or it was Galen Clark that uh, helped to build it back then, The the Guardian of Yosemite. It has the distinct aroma of horses and stock and old pine wood, and you feel—you do feel as if you've been taken back in time. And You can almost see and hear the car- uh, carriages and stagecoaches and travelers crossing the bridge, getting ready to explore all the vast beauty Yosemite Valley had to offer. The History Center contains many cabins and buildings that were influential on their own in the history of Yosemite, and they include a blacksmith shop, a Wells Fargo building, and the old Yosemite Jail. The old John Muir Hotel, as we like to call it. Another great aspect of the History Center, though, is the Wavona Stables. Um, Same stables that were there uh, back in the 18 and 1900s. When guests would come to the hotel, they would stable their horses there. Today, the Wavona Stables offer guided trail rides during the summer on horses and mules that go out for about two hours and take you on the historic uh, Wagon Road and the Wavona Meadow Loop. I don't know about in 2020. They may not have that program running this year, but uh, I'm sure they will have it going again in later years. They are uh, also, the ponies, or I'm sorry, the horses and mules are also used for um, packing supplies into the backcountry, one of their most important jobs. And they're there seasonally. So when the season ends and the backcountry gets uh, too cold to travel through anymore, the ponies, (laughs) excuse me, I'm I'm really into ponies right now. The horses and mules are then taken from the park and returned to pasture. And that's where they kind of take a little vacation for the winter, kind of like what we do in Yosemite during the wintertime as well. Yosemite Valley also has a stable area, and uh, starting in the 1920s until recently, the valley stables offered two-hour and half-day guided trail rides to uh, for park visitors. But that program ended in the summer of 2015, and that was due to the implementation of the Tuolumne and Merced River Plans. Um, those were the plans that were brought in to reduce the impact to Yosemite's rivers. But while recreational rides are no longer offered in Yosemite Valley, you can still see the horses in the spring and summer um, that are brought in to continue to carry out the important work um, that is needed for them, such as packing in the backcountry or assisting in search and rescue. In the 1890s, the U.S. Cavalry was in charge of patrolling Yosemite, the newly established national park, to ensure a level of law among sheep earners and cattlemen, which we had a lot in the park at the time. And in 1916, civilian park rangers took over for the cavalry when the National Park Service was created. So although we had the National Park already established, we didn't actually have the National Park Service until 1916. Since then, Yosemite Park Service has kept patrol and pack horses and today employs approximately 90 horses and mules who each served the park for 12 to 15 years. Uh, So these horses assist in crowd control, including um, controlling traffic, uh, because during gridlock traffic in Yosemite, which happens every summer quite often, Uh, Patrol cars aren't able to get through, but horses are, (laughs) so they're very useful for that. They assist in patrolling duties, backcountry support, and they also attend special events, such as the 4th of July Curry Village program. We have the color guard that comes out, um, and they're there for the national anthem, and it's really very, very special, inspiring moment. They are also an important aspect of search and rescue, as horses and mules are able to go into terrain where uh, vehicles cannot go, and they are essential for carrying supplies for first responders and emergency personnel. During the winter wintertime, uh, when the horses are off duty, the mounted patrol rangers, uh, they go out looking for new horses and mules to bring into service. Two of Yosemite's newer residents, Drifter and Sandman, were adopted through a partnership program between the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department and the Bureau of Land Management to find homes for wild horses that were removed from BLM land. There are approximately 46,000 wild horses uh, that are being held in facilities after being removed from those lands. So this program is kind of cool. It employs people in incarceration and Most of these people have never worked with horses before and they get to train the horses. They help to desensitize them to people and uh, activities that the horses may be dealing with. Um, And they eventually, after much training, uh, hundreds of hours, they eventually saddle up the horses and start to ride them. And so the horses from this program are then auctioned off to permanent homes. And that's where Yosemite Park Service acquired uh, Drifter and Sandman, its two first wild horses to join the team in 2018. When horses have fulfilled their duty to the public and the National Park Service, they are then adopted out to loving homes. There is an application, uh, an interview process, and the right candidate is very carefully selected. In 2018, a 32-year-old quarter horse named Ben, who had been working in the park since 1992, got to retire and go to his forever home. During his service, he patrolled trails, was a part of honor guard ceremonies, led mule trains, and served many other duties. And Ben now gets to enjoy his retirement with the same ranger who trained him nearly 20 years ago. Horses have a long and important history in Yosemite, and it is always a thrill to see them when visiting the park. But just like other service animals, the horses you see out and about. Uh, When you're in the park are on duty. So maintaining a respectful distance is critical and it is encouraged that you ask for permission before approaching the horses to ensure everyone's safety, including your own the safety of the horse and the safety and the safety of the park ranger. When hiking, either in the backcountry or the front country, it's also important to know that horses always have the right of way. So it's just a really nice opportunity to step off of the trail, just take a step aside, have a sip of water, maybe a little snack and take a break while admiring the grace and beauty of these important and influential members of the Yosemite story. So the next time you're in the park, how about taking some time to stop by and say hello to the horses and mules of Yosemite. They have been an integral part of Yosemite's history and will continue to be for generations to come. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Little Yo Pod, the All Things Yosemite podcast. If you like this episode, you know what I'm going to say. Actually, I'm not going to say rate and review. I'm going to ask this week that you subscribe so you never miss a future episode. If you're looking in your podcast app, there should be a button that says subscribe. And if you tap that, it'll automatically download Little YoPod as it releases every week. And we release... Uh, It's supposed to release on Wednesday, but it releases on Eastern time. So if you're on the West Coast, it actually releases very late on Tuesday night every week. And um, if you hit that subscribe button, you will get those episodes downloading uh, into your podcast playlist automatically. So that's what I'm asking for this week. It's it's pretty easy. It takes no time at all. So if you'd like to support our podcast, uh, if you want to do that, that would be super appreciated. Um big thank you to our guest author this week, Rebecca, who literally wrote and researched this entire episode and for sharing her story with us. If you have a story you would like to share or a subject you'd like to hear about in a future episode, please feel free to let me know on the Little Yo Pod Facebook page, or you can email me at littleyopod at gmail.com, and I will have links to that, uh, to those Um, sorry to that email in the show notes as well as all of the resources that were used um, to research this week's episode this week's fun fact during normal years of operation the Yosemite Valley Stables also runs a daytime boarding area for dogs so you can explore Yosemite in the places where dogs are not allowed to go and that includes all uh, hiking trails And there is a link in the show notes for more information on that and a guide to where you can and cannot take your furry family members while visiting the park. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Little Yo Pod. I'm Laura Jackson. Thanks so much for listening and have a beautiful day.